Hi, this is Sam Chamberlain, and welcome to Things to Ponder, the sermon podcast from St. Mary's United Church of Christ in Silver Run, Maryland. Follow along with St. Mary's at stmarysucc.org or on Facebook and Instagram. Wishing you peace and good, my friends. I have got to get better about getting ready for you all to sing that song on Easter morning. Goodness gracious, just hit me like a ton of bricks. Forgive me. And so because of all that, I'm tempted to offer a very short sermon, which is simply to say what we all know to be true this morning. The Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. And I suspect that's all that needs to be said in so many ways. But... You're going, maybe he's actually going to end it. No, we're going to actually talk a little bit about what today means. And I want to start not with the story, but how you hear this. Whether coming in here, you hear this for the first time today, or maybe you turned on the news and they were talking about this, or perhaps you were spending time with family, you know? Some of you intrepid families that get out and you do your egg hunt before you get here. I have a lot of respect for you. God bless you. But I doubt that when you woke up this, this morning, you were surprised by this statement, Christ the Lord has been raised. You're not surprised by the news. And so let us slow up for a second from telling the story, and let's examine that for a little bit. You might ask me, Pastor, you're a smart guy or not. Do you really believe this? Perhaps some of you would ask me that. Do you actually really believe this? Like, like, you've got a science degree, right? And for those of you who don't know, yes, I do, okay? I, I understand a little bit about how biology works. I understand about death. I understand what keeps us alive. Do you really believe this? Do you really believe that Jesus, not just in spirit or as an idea, but in body, physical, tangible flesh, do you really believe that he was resurrected, not resuscitated, after his crucifixion? I want you to know from me, the tears in my eyes weren't giveaway enough, I believe it 100% absolutely as sure as any of you are sitting here this morning. I believe we can go to the Middle East and look for Jesus' tomb until you are blue in the face and out of money. You will not find him because I 100% believe he has been raised from the dead. And I bet my life on it. Faith sometimes asks us to do hard things. And this is a hard thing. This is a hard thing to believe. I've never seen it. But I do know what I've experienced, and I believe it with all my heart. You say, well, why do you believe? Here's what I want to surprise you a little bit more. Here's why I believe this. I do not believe it because the Bible tells me so. <gasps> so hold on, it's all right. We'll get to the Bible. I don't believe it because the Bible tells me. And in fact, I'm not sure I've ever believed it because the Bible told me so. The reason I started believing it wasn't because somebody read it out of the Bible to me. The reason I started believing it is because I believed the people who were telling me the story. There were teachers and parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, choirs, pastors, who said, I got a heck of a story I want to tell you. And as a little kid, you're like, that is a great story. I want that to be true. That's where I started as a little kid. I want that to be true. And as I got older... You know, you start, to, you start to grow up a little bit, and you're like, well, you know, Grandma told me some things that maybe not all of them were true, as good grandmothers do. But I still didn't believe it just because it's written in the Bible. Here's what you need to understand. And the reason, 
The reason I don't believe it's straight out of the Bible is because to just say it was written down and therefore I believe it, that's not a serious faith. So seriously, well, I see it written, therefore I, well, no, we, 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 we explore things, we dig into them, we discover if, they're, if they've got some validity to them or not, right? And here's what you need to understand, it is not the Bible that delivers to us the Easter story, rather it is the Easter story that delivers us the Bible. It is the fact that Jesus was raised that anybody bothered to write any of this down, No one was writing this story at the time it happened. It wasn't like there was a New York Times journalist parked in the garden, you know, interviewing people. Oh, ladies, could you come over here? You're here early. Can you tell me why you're here? Getting both sides of the story so we could report it. No, that's not how this worked. No, when Jesus died, this movement that we call Jesus was over, was done. So my question to you all is how do we get from this dead Messiah to today? Where there are believers on every continent on earth and every country on earth who are doing exactly what we do today. How do we get there? How do we get the stories of the apostles who were cowards just a couple pages ago and in just a couple more pages are going to be people who are out there proclaiming this to to the threat of their own life? How do we get stories of early Christians gathering in holes and caves to tell this story in secret because their lives were threatened? How do we get to the martyrs and the mystics? How do we get to the abolitionists and people advocating for peace? How do we get to teachers and leaders and pastors and volunteers who you know what I'm talking about looked at you with that look in their eye and you look back at them and you said, there's something going on with that person. They know something I need to know. How do we get folks like you who still show up Sunday after Sunday who come out, some of you, on a freezing Easter morning? It was cold this morning, y'all. Come out on that morning. How do we get folks who still bother to gather to pray? We don't do that because it's a fairy tale or a good idea. That's why I believe in this story. And so today is about that question. Do you believe this story? You might say back, well, why do I have to? If he wrote, there's plenty of people who don't really care about this story going about their business right now. You know, if he rose, he rose, and if he didn't, he didn't. If that works for you and helps your life, great. Good good for you. Go to church. Have your egg hunt. Have a great time. What difference does my, my belief make? When I chose to believe this story for myself, it was then I turned to the Bible. It was then that I said, well, what happened on that day? And when I opened this story, I don't get a fairy tale about what happened Because there's no evidence, so to speak. There's no eyewitness account. No, the story I get, the story that Matthew recounts, is nothing more than two people who believed this story. A little like me, and maybe like you. Who were those two people? Well, in Matthew's telling, it's two women. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. When I get to heaven, I want to talk to the other Mary and say, I'm really sorry that's how Matthew puts you in the gospel, but, you know, it is what it is. And it tells us that on the first day of the week, they went to see the tomb. Matthew, unlike the other gospel writers, does not tell us why they went. Other gospel writers said, well, they brought some spices and stuff. They were going to tend the body. 
Well, that's not what Matthew says at all. And if you're like, wait a second, is he telling a different story? No, this actually lends credibility to the story that you know how it goes. Like a story happens and there's a little different telling of it. You know, that's what we get in the gospels. Everybody's got a little bit different take on it. It's cool. But Matthew says they just go to the tomb, not to take care of a body, they just go. And I ask you, is it possible that these two women actually believe the story of Jesus? When the rest of the apostles are out of here, they're gone. They want nothing to do. They're scared to death for their lives. But Mary and Mary show up. And it sure looks to me like maybe they don't believe it all the way, but they're at least saying, we ought to at least go check this out, right? It's possible he was telling the truth, despite all the evidence to the contrary. And all they have is this glimmer of hope. Enough hope that maybe, just maybe, this is going to work, at, work out. So let's go check it out. And they just show up. That encourages me. Just come. Come see for yourself. And so they arrive. And it tells us that the whole place shakes and an angel came down and sat on the throne, which feels like a really baller move from an angel. You know, I'm just going to park it here and just kind of look at y'all. I imagine with a pose that wasn't, you know, just like, all right, ladies, get here so we can talk this out. No, like, ha, ha, I got a story for you. And the angel parks on the, mess and parks on the stone. And what is the message that they hear? The first words are, do not be afraid. Now, those, these women have a lot of questions, right? You would have a lot of questions, like starting with what just caused the earthquake and who's the shiny dude? Like, that would be a place to start. And I have a lot of questions about this as well. You have a lot of questions about faith too, right? It doesn't always come together for you. You're not always sure what this means or what we're supposed to do with it. We have lots of questions. And questions create fear. Questions create uncertainty. But the angel said, bring your questions, but don't be afraid. And maybe you need to hear that word too. Before we get to Jesus, we got to deal with a little bit of the fear that is inside of us as we think about whether we believe this story or not. Fear of what this might ask of us. Fear of the life that you're in the middle of. Fear of the future. Fear of what you are and fear of what you are not. Mary and Mary certainly brought fear that what Jesus had said wasn't true and what they were going to find was their friend dead, still laying in a tomb. Scared to death of what that would mean for their other friends, the apostles, who most surely would have been tracked down after Jesus had been killed. There is nothing but fear here, and that feels so human to me. I've been there. But the angel says, do not be afraid. That's exactly the gospel message I need to hear. The reason we, and the reason we tell this story still is because people weren't afraid to live into the truth of this story. And what is the truth of this story? The angel says, I know what you came here to see, but he's not here. He has risen just as he said. Simple message. Nobody says, here's all the things you have to confess. Here's all the things you have to do. No, the, sim the message is simple. Christ is risen, and that changes everything. Literally, reality is different. And then the angel invites him to come. He says, come and see the place where he lay. Come and see the evidence. Let me be clear. It's not proof. You know, my favorite thing in the other Gospels is it says that the cloth that was over Jesus' face is folded up and put there. I'm like, oh, Jesus does his laundry even after he's died and resurrected. 
Anybody could have done that, but there's evidence that something is going on here. And friends, as we consider whether we believe this or not, we are, we are not given proof, but there is evidence. Examine the evidence for yourself. Look around. What do you see? And I'd encourage you to do that right now. Look around. What do you see? What is the evidence that this event has actually happened? And only then does the angel give an instruction. Go quickly and tell his disciples. Tell the fellas. And in this way, how should we react to the resurrection? Do not be afraid. Come see the evidence. Go and tell others. But irony of ironies, the women go away afraid yet filled with joy. The sermon's titled this because that line grabbed me the second I read this. Afraid and yet filled with great joy. How can both those things happen? Well, you know this. You've done both these things at the same time, right? This fear that they have is no longer the fear of what might happen. It's not the same fear they brought into the garden. No, it's a new kind of fear, the kind of fear that gives life, the kind of fear that the author of Proverbs said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It is not fear that keeps us from God. It is the fear that brings us to God. One commentator writes this. He says, fear is precisely how a good biblical character responds to angels and other divine manifestations. In other words, if you saw the, the shiny guy on the rock, you'd be scared too. It's cool. It says, fear is also how mortals respond when we are confronted with a new truth that will change our lives. In this sense, fear and joy are not strangers. We experience fear and joy when we draw close to a friend, when we fall in love, when a baby is on the way, and when sickness and death draw near. Why should not fear and joy accompany us when we are called to live into God's good news? Fear and joy. That's the life that I want. This is a life that I can believe. This is a life I can throw my life into. I would be willing to give my life to follow this man and the people who have followed after him. Life where the rules are completely rewritten. Death is no longer the greatest truth because love is. Say it again. Death is not the greatest truth because love is. I want to experience the adventure of that kind of fear that they felt. The the fear of discovery that is exploration and love and purpose. When you know everything is new now but you have no idea what you're walking into. It's so wonderful and glorious. We don't know what it means to, Mary and Mary don't know what it means to follow after the resurrected Jesus, but they can't wait to find out that's the life that I want. And I want to tell others because I believe it changes lives. I want you all to come along. I want the people around me to come along. I want you to wrap your arms around it and come discover it with me. Let's do this together. And I want to tell others because I see fear on faces all around me and I want to scream all the time, do not be afraid. Come with me, look at the evidence, and let's go find some pals. You know what happened to those women who followed Jesus? They went to tell others and they turn around and there he is. And they worship. Pure, unvarnished, unapologetic joy. And so Jesus reminds them as they worship, again, do not be afraid, go tell my brothers. And from those worshiping women, scared out of their minds and joyful beyond words, they went and told people, who told people, who told people, who told people, who told someone, who told you, and here we are today.
The world changed because two women believed this story. They, it, the whole world changed because Christ is raised from the dead. Now, some of you come here the same way today. In spite of your own fear and all the fear that gnaws at all of us, you also have this nagging feeling that the story still has some power. The story still matters. And coming here today is your own act of faith, your own act of belief. I'm at least going to go check this out one more time. Maybe, just maybe, this story is actually true. Let's at least go and see what all the fuss is about. And if nothing else, let's at least go see how many flowers they had up here. Let's at least go check that out. You want so badly to believe in a world where death is defeated because you see how much the world depends on death to shape our lives. And you're done with that kind of death. And maybe, just maybe, you've sensed this glimmer, this impact, that rise in your heart that says, I actually want to believe this. And the prayer of the ancient Christians, Lord, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. Friends, today you are invited to believe this story. And Jesus doesn't just sort of toss us out there and say, good luck with this. I hope you can figure it out. No, no, no. We want to see Jesus. We want to worship Jesus. And in a minute, we're going to gather around a table to share a meal. Jesus said mystically, he says, this is my body, this is my blood. The body that was crucified in some way is here. The blood that was shed on the cross here, all of it now resurrected and present with us. I don't know how that works. I don't know how, don't need to know to be honest. All I know is that Jesus said in this meal, we encounter the resurrected Savior face to face. And we are invited to believe. And in believing, may you also fear not. Do not be afraid. And may you know the holy fear and resplendent joy of believing that Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah.